Hello, my name is Daniel Nenny, founder of SemiWiki, the open forum for semiconductor professionals. Welcome to the Semiconductor Insiders podcast series. If you have a topic you'd like us to cover, please post it on semiwiki.com and we'll get right to it. My guest today is Matthew Burns. Matt develops go-to-market strategies for Samtech's silicon-to-silicon solutions. Over the course of the last 20-plus years, he has been a leader in design, technical sales, and marketing in the telecommunications, medical, and electronic components industries. Welcome back to the podcast, Matt. Hey, Dan. Good to be with you this morning. You know, Matt, we've been collaborating on SemiWiki for more than three years now, and uh, we've seen great success, and it's just been a pleasure working with Samtech, and you know, thank you for your hard work. Yeah, you're more than welcome, Dan. We love working with uh, SemiWiki. We love the uh, audience. We love the uh, the channels. We love the reach, and it's always a pleasure talking with you. You, you always seem to have the uh, pulse of the industry going, Dan, so that's, that's one of the reasons we love working with you. Oh, thanks, Matt. So we spent some time together at the recent AI Hardware and Edge Summit in Santa Clara. That that was a great conference. Um, can you share some of the ob- observations that we discussed? Yeah, definitely. I, I, that was uh, I think one of the key things is is this is the sixth year in a row that the events uh, heard. And you know when the first one happened, I think it was back in 2018 before the pandemic. There's probably around two three hundred people uh, that attended, and it was definitely focused on chipsets. Um, but, you know, looking at the event now, close to a thousand people attended. It's obviously the AI chipset vendors are there, but you're starting to see some of the system integrators. Uh, it's just a wider ecosystem. Uh, that does, you know, the EDA companies, uh, interconnect companies like Samtech. And I think that, you know, a lot of the success, a lot of the growth of that uh, event that you and I were at, Dan, uh, you know, sort of as a microcosm of, of, the, of the growth of AI in terms of its usage uh, within the data center. Uh, you know, there's the big 800-pound gorilla in the room that everyone's aware of, NVIDIA, you know, and, and everyone's uh, chasing their success. You know, kudos to them for, for, the, for the, the solutions that they provide. Uh, but, you know, it, AI continues to grow, right? Everyone's aware of it. ChatGPT, you know, I think is a pivot point in terms of the, the public's perception uh, of, of AI. Uh, but at the same time, I think there's also, I think we're starting to see maybe a little bit of churn in the industry. I think a lot of that's just due to, uh, you know, maybe some of the macroeconomic wins uh, that we're facing. You know, maybe VC funding isn't quite as uh, available as it was a few years ago, and and some of the chipset, you know, vendors that were at the bleeding edge of, of, of technology is finding a challenge getting into a highly competitive market. So, you know, it seems like some of the business models are changing, but regardless of who the technology supplier is, the the adoption of AI. Uh, universally is accelerating uh, data models are getting bigger so the need for for more compute uh, faster systems uh, isn't slowing down so it, yeah it's interesting to kind of see where things go and, and I don't know what you think about it, Dan but you know from Samtech's perspective we think the whole AI ML ecosystem is sort of at the at a pivot point the hockey stick effect and we're about to enter into you know exponential growth uh, in terms of adoption uh, around the world. So we're we're real excited to be a part of that. Yeah, you know, I, I agree, of course. And, you know, NVIDIA, the interesting thing is uh, their success is, you know, overwhelming, but that's also bringing out um, companies that want alternatives. And, uh, well, I talked to, I went to the presentations and stuff, and I talked to some people, and I saw some people there that I wouldn't have expected. Um, and they they are going to be developing their own chips 
based on their inability to get NVIDIA chips or their inability to pay huge amounts for <laughs> NVIDIA chips. But I think that's going to spawn a whole new industry of, of system companies making their own chips rather than buying uh, them off the shelf. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with you. You know, we're it, it, as we talk right now, uh, I'm in the midst of attending the uh, Open Compute Project OCP Summit here in, in San Jose. And uh, that trend that you see with, uh, whether it's the hyperscalers or uh, other high-tech you know, leaders uh, in the industry, it, NVIDIA definitely has, you know, they're in the pole position right now, and, and no one can question that. Uh, how long that stays, who knows? Uh, but, yeah, there's definitely a number of emerging players coming on the scene. Uh, I mean, even if you look at what some of the bigger chipset companies, you know, bigger chipset manufacturers, AMD has a very compelling AI AI story to tell. Uh, Intel has a very uh, compelling uh, AI, AI story to tell with their uh, purchase of Havana. Uh, you know, really chipset startup from a few years ago. Um, and there's other players out there too, uh, as well. So, you know, I think from Samtech's perspective, I think that's one of the things we're really excited about, Dan, is that, uh, you know, AI system architectures in, in general are custom. You know, they're application specific. Uh, obviously, there's the need to scale and, and grow and be flexible and, and adaptable to uh, all these large these large data sets, these large language models, you know, G, uh, GPT-4 and, and BARD and, and some of the other things that come out into the market. But because those system architectures need uh, application-specific solutions, you know, you got to route data from one GPU to another. So that's typically going over cable, proper cable, fiber optics, maybe an RF link depending upon the application. And, and that's that's kind of where Samtech comes in uh, from that perspective. So we're real excited about the growth. We're real excited about the the opportunities uh, that this AI ML revolution uh, presents. And, uh, you know, like you, we're, we're happy to have a, a seat in the front row and see where the industry evolves to. Yeah, it's definitely an exciting time. So, Matt, you mentioned system architectures. So in your view, how are AI hardware system architectures evolving? Well, that's that's the I think that's a sixty-four thousand dollar question, uh, Dan. And you know, it's it's interesting. One of the things I took out of the AI Hardware Summit, and see, even see some of the things we've seen here at OCP, uh, the power draw for some of these chipsets is 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 through the roof, right? If you if you look at you know what's been happening in uh, x86 architectures or, or more traditional compute, it's all about uh, you know being efficient in terms of compute per power, right? Performance per watt or whatever the the, the, the metric is. Um, and, and I'm not saying that that, that concern isn't available with, or, or, or that concern isn't uh, within the AI chipset industry, but we're starting to see roadmap solutions uh, from some of the AI vendors with TDPs 1.2, 1.5 kilowatts. I mean, that's bonkers to think about, about how to get all that power in and, and how to get all that power out of something that's, you know, call it 90 millimeter squared or, or 70 millimeter squared, whatever the package size is for, for the respective solution. Um, you know, you combine the power draw because of the compute power on the, on the chips with the need to get 112 gigabit, 224 gigabit data in and out. Um, and, and that poses a lot of design challenges. So increased power, increased speed. Again, uh, I think also to, you know, system architectures, you know, when you look at AI compute system architectures, there, there's not really a, a there's not really a, a known design, right? Servers servers have, have been designed basically the same for decades. 
notwithstanding the advances of Moore's Law and, and new fabric technologies, PCI, CXL, et cetera, et cetera. But if you want to build a server, everyone kind of knows how to build a server, right? But to build an AI system architecture, there's no blueprint or there's no, there's no roadmap for how to do that. It's how, how do you design the system to get the most performance out of the particular AI chipset that you're, that you're using? So I think those three things, more power, more speed, and application-specific uh, system architectures are really going to define where the industry goes, right? Obviously, the hyperscalers, you know, want to see uh, standardization uh, for, for scalability and for cost-effectiveness, um, and I'm sure that's where the industry will get to, but what's that, what's that system architecture going to be? Uh, I think that's one of the biggest questions, one of the biggest challenges, one of the biggest opportunities for where AI system architectures are going. Yeah, I agree completely. And, you know, you guys at Femtech have, you know, the ground floor uh, view of things. So what are some of the design challenges AI system architects face? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, Dan. From, from Samtech's perspective and where we can apply most of our expertise really comes to the signal integrity, right? So, you know, how do I get dozens, if not hundreds of trans, you know, transceivers running at 56, 112, or 224? in and out of uh, a chip package as, as efficiently as possible. Uh, you know, there's, there's a number of technologies uh, that our partners, our customers are working on uh, that we're trying to provide solutions for. You know, one of the things that we've seen that's been real popular are, you know, chiplet-based designs, chiplets on substrates, and then, then frankly, just applying uh, high-density interconnect directly to the substrate uh, to get the uh, high-speed transceivers from the substrate to another substrate in the system. So we have some very high-density uh, interconnect solutions, board-to-board uh, -board, uh, interconnects across a variety of families, Dover, Accelerate, HP, the like that can do that. Um, we're also continuing to work on a number of uh, high-density, high-performance uh, uh, flyover cable assemblies uh, that help us route the data uh, from, you know, chassis to chassis, system to system. Uh, at, at data rates of up to 224. Uh, and then, you know, we're also, you know, we continue to act as a design partner uh, for a number of our, our chipset vendors when it comes to providing SI, uh, SI design services. So how to route, you know, how to, how to do the breakout from a chipset, how to, you know, place the vias, you know, what type of, um, you know, PCB material to use specific to their, to their application, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So, there's a lot of, uh, you know, when it comes to the design challenges that the, the industry faces, I think Samtech can offer a, a number of solutions, a number of services, a number of technical support uh, options uh, when it comes to helping to optimize the signal integrity or the, the, the data rates within the system. Uh, and again, that's 56, 112, that's 224 on the transceiver side, you know, 200 gigabit Ethernet. They're also lo looking at, you know, fabrics, right? So whether that's PCI 6, CXL 3, uh, or, or some of the other solutions will be coming out in the market in the near term. Right. So you, you mentioned some of your solutions. Can you expand on that? Uh, talk a little bit more about the solutions Samtech offers for AI system architectures. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's, there's several things that we're, we're real excited about. Um, let me start with board to board. So, you know, right now we have two board to board interconnect solutions uh, that we're real excited about for supporting AI. One is our uh, Novaray. Uh, interconnect family. Uh, Novarate comes with, uh, you know, with board-to-board, cable-to-board, front panel uh, options, uh, all using the same uh, contact design. And what's, what's 
the, the key design feature of Novaray, no matter what the configuration that, that it uses, is the fact that it's optimized for high-speed differential pairs. So there's, uh, we have contacts that are designed for differential pairs for the plus and minus, whether it's the TX and the RX. And then those, those pins within the interconnector are surrounded by, uh, in, a sec, in, in essence, uh, small ground planes. So, you know, between the breakout region that we have uh, from the PCB to the connector, through the mini connector pair, and then to uh, the, the, the second PCB, we, in essence, have formed a, you know, a caged uh, differential pair so that we can optimize SI performance. You know, not only does it look good from an insertion loss, return loss uh, standpoint, but it also is very uh, clean crosstalk out to, to high frequencies. Uh, that the industry is concerned about for 56, 112, and the like. Uh, another another family that's really popular, uh, Dan, uh, for AI is our Accelerate HP family. Uh, Accelerate HP leverages uh, the con our edge rate contact system. Uh, it's an open pin field array, uh, which provides uh, AI chipset vendors, uh, AI system architects, uh, flexibility in terms of how they choose to pin out in the in the connector. Uh, each contact or any one contact within the system can act as a uh, high-speed differential pair, a high-speed you know, high single-ended signal, or uh, a power pin. Uh, obviously, you have to optimize the pin out and optimize the layout to get the performance that's needed, but we have any number of uh, AI chipset vendors and other you know, high-performance computing, supercomputing, uh, and the like using Accelerate HP for high-speed. Accelerate HP not only has uh, the board-to-board -board option, but we also have uh, cabled options. Uh, use, you know, because it's a small 0.635 millimeter pitch, uh, we're able to get uh, very high density in terms of differential pairs per, per, uh, per square inch uh, on the platform. Uh, we're also using our next generation uh, TwinX uh, cable assemblies our next generation TwinX cable to build the cable assemblies. So we've been able to reduce the size in our next generation of TwinX by about 50% based on some of the manufacturing uh, that goes into our cables. So by, by having a, a smaller profile, you know, 33 AWG uh, TwinX cable, uh, and then being able to attach that directly to uh, our edge rate contacts on a 0.635 millimeter pitch, we can, get, we can get extreme density in terms of the amount of differential pairs uh, that we route within a small area. Uh, more recently, just to expand upon that, um, we've expanded our portfolio of optical transceivers. We've introduced our new Halo platform, uh, which provides a roadmap from uh, our current 28 gigabit per second on our Firefly solutions to 56 and 112 with next generation Halo platform. We double the transceivers there going from four to eight. Uh, it's very robust. Uh, in terms of solution, it's the same con the same contact system will support both copper and, and optics, so it's sort of a future-proof design-in solution that we're real excited uh, about. Uh, we've seen a lot of adoption uh, with our optical platforms and embedded. Uh, we're starting to have some conversations with some AI folks, too, uh, that are looking for ASIC adjacent to front panel or, or chip to chip or, you know, top rack to bottom rack using optics uh, there as well. Uh, and lastly, um, I don't want to talk too long because I could go on too long. Uh, but we've introduced our, our, two, our first 224 solutions around our SciFly HD. Uh, SciFly HD is a next-generation platform designed for ASIC adjacent solutions for 224 performance. Uh, in a 14 millimeter by 14 millimeter solution, we get 64 differential pairs or 32 uh, lanes uh, supporting 
224 per lane, which gives you 6.4 terabit per second uh, aggregate bi uh, bi-directional. So Sci-Fly HD, board to board, cable to board, uh, and uh, backplane solutions uh, will be formally released after our, our soft introduction and some of the recent trade shows. So if there's any number of solutions that we have there, Dan, obviously we backed that up with uh, the design services that are needed to, to, to get the performance in an application-specific uh, AI hardware architecture system. Right. So how does Samtech see the AI hardware industry evolving? Yeah, that's a good question too, Nian. Uh, it's it's hard to forecast. I, obviously, I think the biggest thing is is high high growth. Uh, I think that's the biggest thing that we're going to see in in the coming few you know in the in the coming few years and and just just the adoption of uh, new AI technology uh, across the broader enterprise uh, level is is really driving that. Right. Obviously, the public's fascination with ChatGPT and and and, and some of the other uh, Newer tools are, are driving awareness of it, but business. I, I think the biggest thing is is that business leaders around the world are starting to see how they can implement AI into their business processes to improve productivity. Uh, so everyone's trying to figure out how do I implement AI in, in my day-to-day -day business. So I think that's really the thing that's driving the adoption of AI from a general standpoint. Um, you know, I mentioned earlier, you know, here at OCP. All the hyperscalers are really interested in, in standardization, uh, and we're probably years away from that. You know, there's there's a lot of efforts going on through OCP and and, and some of the other standards bodies to, to take to take a look at, at that at that challenge. How do I standardize an AI system architecture for scalability and, and growth, while also obviously from a cost effectiveness standpoint? But you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see how that how that goes. You know, I think something else that's going to uh, continue to drive AI is AI at the edge. You know, everyone thinks you need a GPU to do uh, AI instantiation, and then that's that's probably correct at the data center level. But there's still some really cool things that you can do with an 8-bit micro or a 32-bit um, or a 32-bit uh, ARM, you know, ARM MCU that uh, can do AI on your smartwatch, right? Or AI on a, an industrial setting. So. All these growth opportunities, I think, are going to again just continue to drive innovation, continue to drive new system architectures, and provide opportunities for uh, companies like Samtech. Yeah, yeah, I agree completely. Uh, the big question, Matt: When will we get commercially available 224 gigabyte per second PAM4 systems? Sorry, uh, sorry for laughing. Uh, <laughs> here at OCP, we were at ECOC a few weeks ago, uh, even at the hardware, the AI hardware summit that you and I, you and I were at. There's a ton of technology available for 224, right? The EDI, the EDA vendors, a number of EDA vendors, Certes vendors have 224 uh, IP available. Interconnect manufacturers have 224 solutions, whether it's OSFP or something like SciFly uh, that, that Samtech offers. There's there's test chips out there uh, available from some of the semiconductor uh, companies, especially on the Certes side. Uh, so it's 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 coming. Uh, when is it going to be commercially available? It's probably a, a, at least a year or two away, in, in my opinion, uh, Dan. Everyone's interested in it. Everyone's looking at it, uh, but it's it's probably a little bit away. We still see we still see a ton of design activity and a, a ton of work going around 112. So 
112 is still ramping up. 224 interest is obviously just starting. We're really at the at the at the start of that process. So I, I'd say over the next couple of years, 224 uh, will, will increase in in commercial uh, availability. Yeah, I, I think AI is going to push that as along as well. So um, we're looking forward to it. Great conversation, Matt. Thank you for your time, and thank you everyone for listening in. Thanks, Dan. Have a great day. That concludes our podcast. Thank you all for listening and have a great day.